And so we are at day seven of the BFI London Film Festival. It's another edition of Echo Chamber. And this has been a very funny day. Like, I don't mean funny, ha ha. I mean, just kind of crazy, really. It's it's one of those days where, like, look, there, it, there's so many, there's been so many late nights, like, you know, you, you're finishing a screening, you get home, it's then putting a podcast out, it's watching a documentary or a film that you need to do so you can do an interview the next day, so it's like going to bed at three, getting up at five so you can leave and get that, you know, that film that starts at 8.45, in the morning and then it's just the day go the next day goes from there so there's been a lot of that so today yo i I, (laughs) my first film i went to the wrong cinema i'm standing outside the cinema like yo where is everyone what's going on here and then i'm (laughs) there's like the, the the guy at the door he's just looking at me like what's this crazy motherfucker doing and then i'm like oh yes wrong cinema Wrong cinema, but it's also one of those ones where you think you're talking to yourself inside the head, you realize you've been talking to yourself outside the head, and so people are like, Oh, stay clear of the weird person. So, yeah, it was just like going to wrong screenings, and then I'm all like, Right, gotta go, gotta go, gotta do interviews, and then realizing, No, that's that's tomorrow. So I'm I'm rushing around for no real reason, and it's just like ah. But I got to see some films, um, so you're gonna hear those today. You are not though gonna hear the United Skates review because the interview is tomorrow. So I yeah I was gonna I wanted to tie it all up, but um. Yeah, I kind of messed that up. So, so you don't miss it, um, there is a screening of United Skates tomorrow, that's Wednesday the 17th at 9pm at the Rich Mix Cinema. So I recommend you go um, check that out. Okay, so now let's get to the reviews. Okay, so today's first film was the um, new feature from S. Craig Zala. You know, he of Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99 fame. His new feature is called Dragged Across Concrete. And it's produced by Keith Kajvavel, Dallas Suna, Tyler Jackson, Jack Heller and Selfon Finchman. It's starring Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, Tori Kittles, and Jennifer Carpenter. It runs for 159 minutes, and it's from Bloom. So, uh, the breakdown of this is... When disillusioned old-time cop Brett Ridgeman, who's um, played by Mel Gibson, and his cocky younger partner Anthony Lestetti 
played by Vince Vaughn, are caught on camera forcefully strong-arming a suspect. Their renegade approach to law enforcement gets them both suspended. With their egos bruised and their finances depleted, the pair impulsively resort to a criminal plan which sees them cross paths with Henry Jones, a recently released ex-con desperate to rescue his family from poverty by any means available. Punctuated by moments of distressingly savage violence, and a dose of wickedly black humour, Zahala's latest masterwork is an impactful, stylized, daringly unconventional genre exercise, likely to enthrall and appeal in equal measures. Brace yourselves, crime thrillers are rarely boiled quite so hard. Now, I I would say, um, you know, I really enjoyed Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99 was one of the biggest surprises for me from last year's um, film festival because I went into that not having any idea what the film was. I I just got an email one day going, um, tickets will be going on sale. It's a picture of Vince Form in in the orange prison get up. And I was thinking, huh? I was like, yo, I'm not doing anything this evening. Yo, fuck it, let's go see this. So I got a ticket and then from so on the back of that, I I had to go check this one out. And um it's an interesting film. Like, I have to say, it starts off with a great old song. I cannot remember what the name is. But yeah, the the opening song of the piece is great. And it's got some great songs in the soundtrack throughout, really. But we, um, we so we start off uh, with the release from prison of Henry John's. And so we see him get out and kind of start to re-acclimatise himself and then go back home and see his mum and his little brother. So we see this and then we just cut to, um, to Gibson and Vaughan. So... Straight away, I think you realise that Henry is playing a part in this film Because, you know, it's one of those things that I think sometimes certain things get um, signposted to us It's like, yo, everyone, pay attention, pay attention, right here, yeah, this, this right here, yeah It's something that you need to realise for later on and I and and that was kind of the beginning. I think it could have been integrated a little bit better, but you know it it was fine. That bit it was absolutely fine. When we meet um, Gibson and Vaughan, it's a you know you 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 see you know they're just um, staking someone out and. 
So there's some back and forth and we kind of get an insight to what kind of cops they are from that incident. But the weird thing is, and it seems to be the case throughout um, definitely their interactions and a bit with some of the other characters as well. Not everyone, but with, with a few people. Like um probably Vaughn's girlfriend. Uh then um like I think the main kind of bad guy ish. Like the dialogue and the talk pattern is very um stilted precise. Um and a little rigid so the flow of the conversation is kind of askew and yeah so it was a a weird kind of contrast especially when you pair it with um henry and biscuit like their interactions it that was very different and so it was a little bit odd and it kind of throws the feel of and the flow of the film i felt anyway um it's it's i wouldn't say it's as violent maybe well no let me re um re uh, address this now it is there is some ridiculous violence in this film it, it, yeah there's definitely some craziness and it's just like whoa okay did we just see that was that Ooh, damn there was some of that i was i'm thinking it might not have been as violent as um cell block 99 but i think the thing with cell block 99 was you had violence 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 it was so non-stop especially in that in the last um probably two-thirds of the film with this it was probably a bit more spread out but um yeah and i think this is a slightly longer film so yeah it may be not as quite as violent but it is still another violent thing it's gonna and there's some scenes in it that will make people kind of shrink a little it's like oh i don't think we needed to see that that was um yeah that was a little bit off um so yeah i i don't I would probably also question the length. I, I possibly it could have been cut down a bit more. I I I think that yeah, um, there were certain things in the film that really didn't add anything. They didn't. I felt that they didn't need to be there. You know, um, so yeah, because. At 159 minutes, you know, that's uh, just over two and a half hours. Yeah, so, 
It's a long film, man. It is a long film. Um, so, yeah, I think cutting it down a bit. Like, the pace is very slow in places. And, like, a slow-paced film is fine. But I think uh, a slow-paced film where certain scenes aren't really doing anything at all to drive the film forward... Well, when it's a long film, you do kind of question maybe some of the choices on the editing. Um, But, you know, once you do get to that last bit, it is kind of a little unrelenting. It, It does go. It does go from a certain point onwards, really. I guess when, you know, the final... Sequence starts But I think you do Question certain things That happen Like Well I don't What Why would that happen Like what? what's the need of that Like there is a bit at the very end And You do think well, there wasn't any need for that to happen Because I think that The guy knew that Thingy wasn't going to do The thing So it was like mm. So then him doing that I, I, I question that So I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much As I did with Cell Block 99 There was Elements of the film that I really did enjoy So I think as a whole It was just okay for me It it, it wasn't able to elevate itself To that next level Like Bone Tomahawks Like 99 But it was probably still A better affair than You know Other things But um you know, I, I guess, you know, the, the I think the thing would be is waiting for that, the, he's the full film, to see how um, Zaha's kind of decided to navigate things. Like, going from two really strong films to one that isn't as strong, it's like, what's the full film going to do? And then you can kind of, you'd be like, okay, yeah. Just like just a slight glitch, everything is cool, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, yeah, look, if you like Bone Tomahawk, if you liked Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine, I think if you liked the um, ah, was it Terra Planet um. The exploitation Tarantino film that um, he made a while back. Um, trying to think of the name of it, which is uh, um, God damn it! Is that so? Uh, man, I'm, I I don't know what's wrong with me. At some points, is um yeah, kind of crazy, but um like. Death Proof, Grindhouse, 
yes, those. If you like Death Proof, if you like Grindhouse, if you, um, yeah, if if you like those other films, I think you would probably, yeah, you would probably like this. So, um, you will be able to see it next, possibly, on Thursday the 18th at 8.45pm at the View Leicester Square. But I believe that the Prince Charles is showing this a lot. So, yeah, it's it's one of those ones, you know, take a look at um, some of your local indie cinemas and I'm sure, you know, they'll be picking it up and showing it uh, in the evenings. Because I'm not sure you could show this during the day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Another film I saw today was They Shall Not Grow Old. This is a new film from Peter Jackson. He directed, he produced, along with Claire Olsen. Um... 14 to 18 now, uh, and the Imperial War Museum. Peter Jackson wrote the screenplay. It's 99 minutes, and it's from Trafalgar releasing. The the breakdown is um, employing state-of-the-art technology to transform audio moving image archive footage more than a century old. Jackson brings to life the people who can best tell this story, the men who were there. Driven by a personal interest in the conflict, Jackson sets out to explore the day-to-day experience of its combatants. Immersed for months in the BBC and Imperial War Museum archives, Jackson created narratives and strategies regarding how this story should be told. Using only the voices of those involved, the film explores the reality of war. On the front line, their attitudes to the conflict, how they ate, rested and formed friendships in those moments between battles as well as their hopes and dreams for the future. Each frame of the film has been hand-coloured by Jackson's team. The footage 3D digitalised, transformed with modern post-production techniques enabling these soldiers to walk and talk among us. Reaching into the mists of time, Jackson has aimed to give these men voices, investigate the hopes and fears of these veterans that survived and were able to tell their stories, and detail the humility and humanity of those who represented a generation forever charged by the destruction of a global war. Um... Yeah, it it's I think it's pretty incredible really because you're watching you're watching this kind of this exploration and it seems so 
present, so real. But this is all archive footage, which is insane. You know, if to think that all of this is has been sitting around, and this is the first time that we're seeing it. It's, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Like, so the film starts with um, basically people talking about the start of the war. Like, how no one was really expecting it. And people were, um, people were still with Germans. Like, there was a talk of, like, people at a party... And there was a you know a German gentleman at the party, and then suddenly the news broke that war has started, and at first people were like, "Oh, um, what 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 do we do about him?" And then they just said, "Look, yeah, we kind of all decided that the war starts tomorrow, not today," and continued eating and enjoying themselves. Which is, um, yeah, it's pretty remarkable, really, you know, to, like, to hear this. But you think, like, yeah, so what happens in that situation? Does does everyone just, like, go at each other? Do Like, would you even just say, um, look, not going to attack you, but I think you should leave? Yeah, you kind of wonder, like, how does that play out? So it was very interesting to hear this. Um it's and the and the beginning of the film is in black and white so there's all this black and white footage um and then you're seeing a lot of old recruitment posters so you're seeing all these old posters which is fascinating and on top of these posters is footage of people like going to the uh recruitment centers to sign on and so we're hearing all about this whole process of um you know people going and so like look i was 16 i went and you know obviously you had to be 19 so they do you know saying things like um oh i i i think you said your birthday wrong right or would you like to go outside and you know come back in when you're clear on when your birthday is or you know go outside have a birthday come back which is just like people being coerced to lie so they can join up and and i think there was someone as young as 14 i think actually there there may have been a 13 year old so they're just saying, look, we were we were tall for our age, and you know everyone else around us was doing this, so we wanted to go. You know, and, and someone else kind of talked about like how they were too young, and they were walking down the street one day, and a group of girls came up to him and said, "Look, well, why aren't you at war? How come you're here?" And he felt embarrassed, and you know, he he thought that they were gonna like hit him or 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 whatever you know so it's this weird kind of situation where you know these youngsters are feeling like they need to go to war you know there's a guy that talked about going with his dad 
They both signed up at the same time, even though he was young. So it's this kind of, like, weird situation of, look, everyone around you is going. They've all signed up. You you feel like you, you should, or you feel like there's no other option for you. But knowing that kind of you could get out of it because you're not of age. But then when you get to the centre, they're even saying to you, um, don't you mean your birthday is this? You know, so it makes you 19. So it makes you eligible to sign up. Which is, yeah, it's just crazy. So all of these people, so people had gone to war before they had probably kissed a girl which is insane it's insane you know they hadn't they probably haven't driven probably possibly haven't drunk haven't you know been intimate haven't loved so many firsts that they haven't done and then will never be able to which you know you so you 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 see this footage and later on when you're seeing the body bags it really yeah th- these points really come home to you that these people 13 14 15 they went to war and then that was it There was no other experience of life for them. And that's just... It's... It's terrible. It's not a good thing. It's, It's really not. And then you have, you know, you're hearing about people that signed up. They went as everyone else was. And then after the first week, they realized... This this isn't going to be a jaunt. This isn't a fun adventure. This is some real shit. And, you know, they definitely regretted it. But that was it. There, there, wasn't, really, there wasn't really an out. There wasn't anything that you could then do. You've, you've committed now. This is it. And so you're, you're hearing a lot of different... Breakdowns of what this experience was for people, you know, like finding uniforms. Yeah, like wait, if you complained that your boots didn't fit, no, the boots were fine. It's the problems your feet. You know, so you're walking around in ill-fitting uniforms, which is like just how terrible is that? You're having to go to war, so you're having to fight. You're in these. Horrible conditions Like weather wise Just humanity wise And on top of that Your 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 shoes Your boots are either too big Or too small Your uniform doesn't fit One guy is talking like How for ages he didn't have trousers He just had a jacket That was it That's the only uniform that they, they had for him Like how ridiculous does that sound? 
you know, like you think that, okay, so they're calling people in. So, yeah, they're obviously, they'll have all the uniforms. They'll have different sizes and everything. No, no, wasn't the case. So you're hearing all of these these situations that are happening for the people. And it's all coming to life for you. And everything is kind of, you have footage that's like being painstakingly restored and coloured and then synced in with this dialogue so you know this dialogue is explaining situations and then they found footage that mirrors what's being said how like the 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 hours that must have gone into that it's incredible. It's just like what Jackson has done here has brought to screen something that's just mind blowing. Like to see this event, this world crafting, world shaking, world defining event. You're seeing it unfold in front of you. And then hearing people who were actually there. Who actually went to fight. Like break it down for you. So you're hearing about how. You know the food wasn't great. And the only jam that was there was apple and plum. You know, people kind of assumed strawberry was the jam, but nope, the jam that they had, the only jam available to them was apple and plum. And boy, were they sick of apple and plum. Yeah, so you're, you're hearing all of this. And yeah, it's like the colours that were used as well. You, you're not seeing any bright garish in your face colours, it's so subtle it's so subtle and you know, just kind of not imposing but just there so this this calm, coloured kind of piece of this horrific footage is playing out in front of you and you know, no point is is it like all, all shouty, sweary, loud or brash like a lot of things we see today, but it impacts you so much more. You know, at the end of this it's just just sitting there, just like Whoa. Whoa. And then um, I, I, I talked to an, another critic um, who you would have heard in episode three, actually. Uh, it was Rachel Bowles. Um, and we, we talked a lot about this film afterwards. Because that's what, like, sometimes you walk out and you just want to, you just want to air out your views, air out, like, how it's affected you, like... What 
did you see? You know, compare that with what someone else saw. You know what I mean? Like, are you on the same page? Are you crazy? Like, well, you know, what emotions did this invoke in you? So, yeah, it, it was one of those films that, yeah, you had to talk about. There was nothing else. You had to talk about this. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, 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 it invoked the same emotions in, in both of us. And, uh, yeah, I would say, look, you have to see it. You know, my parents do not go to the cinema they're just like everything's too loud everything's too but you know i i think this is something i could possibly convince them to go see you know this and uh, i'm i'm thinking that they might want to go see stan and ollie but yeah you know this is something that i think they would want to go and see it's certificate 15 um and i i you know, it's there's no more screenings at the BFI for the festival, but I definitely would imagine that you will be able to see this again. This will be screened. It because, you know, it there's no other option. This has to be viewed. This has to be viewed by the many. Yeah, I, I, I'd even, I could even see this being played in schools as a teaching device. You know, yeah, this is, this is something different. This is something different. And you know, I, I, the, the screening that I was in, it was three D. I can't see three D. My eyes cannot focus on that. But. Unlike some things, it wasn't all blurry. Although it may have been. Maybe my sight has got that worse now that it was blurry and I didn't notice. But I watched it basically without the free glasses and it was fine. So, uh, yeah. You know, look. If you get an opportunity, go see They Shall Not Grow Old. I do not think you'll be disappointed. Okay, so that is it for another episode. It's um, a shorter one today, so um, hopefully that's easier to digest. Because I know with all the interviews and stuff like that, they do get long, but I hope they've been interesting and helpful for selecting what you want to go see this festival. But tomorrow, you know, we're going to have a lot of films. There's going to be a lot of films on tomorrow's podcast. Um, possibly Peter Lou. The fight um, after the screaming has stopped and support the girls along with the outlaw king. I think that will be tomorrow's selection. Oh, and we'll throw in, um, I think, United Skates. We may hold some things back because there will be interviews as well. But um, yeah. Just know tomorrow you're going to have a jam-packed piece. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. And, um, hey, it'll be Wednesday, day eight of this this magnificent festival. I hope you've been enjoying it. I hope you've seen some good films. So um, let's continue the dialogue tomorrow, eh? Cool. All right. Take it easy, people.